ready to talk fantasy football, then you're ready for the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your hosts, Mike Randall and Scott Berg. Back in the wild, wild west, when two people wanted to settle a score, they went out, went back to back, took seven to ten paces, turned around and stared at each other to see who was going to make the first move. I fell partner like in Scott Fishbowl. I was doing that with everyone else in the Cosmo Kramer division on QB. And finally, I gave in. From what it sounded like, from what you were telling me, you had no choice. I mean, I am not in the Scott Fishbowl this year, so I'm not taking part in any of these drafts. But I've been following a lot on Twitter, and I've been getting tons of messages from you asking for opinions, thoughts, and so forth. And um, you said there was runs on quarterbacks when uh, real fast. And, uh, um, I mean, I, we'll, we'll get to it in the fourth quarter when you do a little bit of where you're at now. But what is it, uh, Eli Manning is uh, QB1 for you? Is that where you're at right I now? Will, I will get to it in the fourth quarter. But here's my question. How many quarterbacks were selected before I selected my first quarterback in a 12-team Scott Fish Bowl division? And you selected your first quarterback in what round? In round eight with the last pick. I selected Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> So I'm going to say that means about 21 quarterbacks. 24. I took the QB 25, and that's why I went back-to-back. Tyrod Taylor and Eli Manning. Folks, welcome to the Pick It Up Let's Fantasy Football Podcast. My partner across from me is Scott Burke. You can follow him on Twitter at SCOT557. Myself is Randall Ramp. Mike Randall, we're here. Fantasy football. We're fired up. It's July. Let's get into it, Scott. What do you got? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get quarter one news and notes. Let's get that going right away. Uh, first up, Mitchell Trubisky speaking on Thursday. Bears right guard Kyle Long said the coaching staff has, quote, taken the training wheels off of Mitchell Trubisky. Quote, my little boy is becoming a man, Long said. Mitch, they've taken the training wheels off of Mitch's little bike. So he's going to be able to do some things creatively and get to showcase his skills. We're all excited to see him. He's a tremendous leader in the locker room and somebody the guys look up to as well. Ex-coach John Fox predictably shackled Trubisky as a rookie, only let him, letting him go as far as the, quote, game manager type. But the new staff, led by innovative minds, Coach Matt Nagy and O.C. Mark Helfrick, plan to unleash the young passer. Trubisky flashed a little bit as a rookie and is a dark horse candidate to make a significant second-year leap. Are you buying that the wheels are off and we're going to see some big things from Mitch Trubisky in year two? The wheels are off because it's Matt Nagy. The wheels are off because he's got more weapons. And the wheels are off because it's his second year. I would caution you, I think the best thing that could happen to Mitchell Trubisky, the best thing that occurred is, Scott, that he played last year. And listen, it was student body left, student body right, slant for four. I understand that. But that's a big deal in comparison to a Patrick Mahomes who only played one game. I like Mitchell Trubisky right now in Fantasy Football Calculator. He's the 25th quarterback selected. I can assure you, partner, he was not there when I picked at quarterback 25. He was gone. But right now he's behind Tyrod Taylor. He's behind Case Keenum. He's still behind Jameis Winston. That'll probably be corrected. But he's also well behind Eli Manning. Who would you take right now? So we're in a league, PPR, we're drafting about three weeks, whatever. Who are you taking, Mitch Trubisky or Eli Manning? You know, I mean, part of me would be intrigued by the unknown because I know what Eli Manning is. Yeah, you know what? It's I, close. I probably would take. I probably would take Trubisky to be honest with you. I That's probably my would point. take Trubisky because I know what Manning is, and you know I'm high on Trey Burton, and I like the running backs in Chicago, so. I probably, I probably would go with Trubisky, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's my point. But I, I think he's a, he's a very popular quarterback. Evan Silva likes him a lot. And once you get to that late 
uh, QB1, early QB2 range. We're talking Jared Goff. There's going to be regression there. Your guy, Ben, I certainly like better than Trubisky. But, you know, if you say maybe he's going to get injured, Patrick Mahomes. I tell you right now, I take Trubisky over Mahomes, and I think it's very unpopular. Uh, Mahomes is going QB16. Scott, Mitch Trubisky, QB25. Explain that to me. Big big gap there, and I, I don't know if Mahomes is worth, uh, you know, a much higher pick than Trubisky. I don't think the value would be as, as high as people had hoped but, for. But, Scott, Pat Mahomes threw a ball 80 yards in in, <laughs> in his pro day. That's what matters, right? So, so Jay Schrader Jamar- did Jamar- that, too, Jamar- didn't he? Jamar- Russell, Jamarcus Russell threw a few long balls, too, didn't he? And so, did J- so did Jared Lorenzen, Scott. Okay, you know what I mean? So had a hefty lefty. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Buffalo Bills news, we, you know, we have for, for a second address, obviously some serious allegations have come out over the past couple of days against Bills running back with Sean McCoy. We all saw the gruesome pictures. You know, we'll kind of leave it at that for the time being. We don't have any more news on it. We don't want to speculate, but should McCoy be unavailable, Buffalo News' Jay Skursky writes that Chris Ivory would be the first option if McCoy is not there. If McCoy is unavailable to the Bills and anything happens to him from the league as far as what's going on here, or even worse than that with the league, you know, federal offenses and, and you know, prison time or whatever it might be if something happens like that, your thoughts on a Chris Ivory jumping into the one hole in Buffalo and being the league guy? Many thoughts about this. First of all, hope the young lady is okay, whatever went on here. We're not going to turn this into a political – We're not going to turn this into a political show. All I know is somebody – beat her up badly, and assaulted her, and they were pictures. That's all I can tell you. I don't know if it was LaShawn McCoy. Stuff came out today, Scott, about how LaShawn McCoy went to the police or something and said that she's going to file uh, you know, domestic abuse charges against me. I'm telling you it's coming. But certainly, it's a very odd thing. LaShawn McCoy had some incident years ago where he hit a police officer, I believe. So I, yeah, I believe in these situations. nightclub. I think it was a little off your nightclub. I believe like when there's smoke, there's usually some sort of fire. Certainly, I think he's going to start the year on the on the commissioner's list. I don't think he's going to be playing. I would not draft him. I just don't think it's worth it. He's dropping. He's not been selected in Scott Fishbowl yet. I would stay away. Is DeMarco Murray going to go there? Why? Why would DeMarco Murray want to go there? Buffalo's going to be terrible. Uh, they don't have their, their one-star offensive player now. He's got Kelvin Benjamin, who's always out of shape. Why would DeMarco Murray want to go to the Bills? It just makes no sense to me. So I think he's going to be the Chris Ivory show. And I think Chris Ivory's actually a value right now. That's how I'm looking at it. Has Chris Ivory gone yet with McCoy dropping? And that, you know, what are you in the seventh round? I'm sure there's a big run on running backs not, as well. No. Right? No, he has not gone. And listen, I mean, this is a late-round flyer. Who the heck's going to you know know what's going to happen here? But what I will tell you is Buffalo is going to have negative game script. Buffalo has that killer to first day schedule. So whoever starts at this point, wouldn't you just throw Josh Allen in there? I mean, why not? You, what, you what, know what? Maybe. I mean, like they, you know, if, if you're going to have no McCoy, right. he's obviously your, your best offensive Let him weapon. sling it all over the place. <laughs> maybe that might be the way to go. You know, they went through the hoops to get this A.J. McCarron trade that they got done. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is the right move. Let Josh Allen just go out there and sling it and, uh, you know, go win two games this year and at least let him uh, get roughed up a la Mitch Trubisky and be better for it next year. Favorite of this show, Titan, uh, Titans Online, Jim Wyatt writes, the Titans' quote, plan for Derrick Henry is to be the lead back. We've addressed this multiple times, but Wyatt adds Henry's performance will determine how the workload is distributed, but he is the favorite for carries over Deion Lewis. Terry McCormick of Titan Insider agrees with Wyatt's assessment, but he added it is not out of the question for Lewis to lead the team in all-purpose yards despite Henry getting more carries. Situation looks like a true committee, is what they say, and Lewis is coming off the board a full three rounds after Derrick Henry, now making him a better, quote, value pick. 
Obviously, we know how we both feel about this, but does this even add more to the fact that we agree Derrick Henry is the lead guy, or you know, you, are you concerned by McCormick's opinion that Lewis will get more yards? I have an eight-year-old daughter who's sleeping. I have a three-and-a-half-year-old son who's always up because he takes a late nap. And it I have an eleven-year-old daughter who's eleven-month-old daughter who's teething. Exactly. It is not out of the question that I leave my house right now, drive and pick you up, and we go to Atlantic City. It's not out of the question. It's not going to happen, but it's not out of the question. This out of the question stuff is garbage. It's going to be Derrick Henry's show and, shameless plug, Jim Wyatt was interviewed on the hashtag RV32 team preview series for Rotoviz that I'm doing. Jim Wyatt was with Com Kelly, who's fantastic executive uh, assistant producer for the show, and he mentioned this on that. So if you go to Rotoviz, you download the pod, take a listen to Tennessee. I put Cincinnati up today, and he talked about this exactly. Derrick Henry is going to be the guy. He's going to get at least 200 carries, put it to bed, and let's move on. News that I like to hear, Eli Manning said Sterling Shepard is, quote, primed for a big year. You know, I'm a big Shepard guy. Injuries have limited Shepard in what should have been a big 2017, but he came back strong this offseason. Quote, I thought Sterling had a great camp during the spring, Manning said, and I think he's primed for a big year. Targets will be a concern with Beckham back healthy, Saquon Barkley in the backfield, and Evan Ingram continuing to develop. But Shepard is still worth a look at his double-digit ADP. I personally think he will outperform that double-digit ADP. How about you? This was the main reason why I pulled the trigger on Eli Manning. You have to realize when you go through your drafts, folks, that you could be wrong, right? I mean, you you draft with a certain strategy, and I'm not saying I'm going to go out there and draft Tyreek Hill in every one of my drafts. Is that what I'm saying? But Sterling Shepard is now being mentioned as a big year. We know Odell Beckham gives us solid production. Saquon Barkley, Scott and I feel he's he's really a, a high-end RB2 sort of area, but maybe we're wrong. If this team is good and they put up points, Eli Manning's going to be good. And if Eli Manning's going to be decent, even good, I mean, oh, I don't know, Scott, 26 touchdowns, something like that, whatever, then Sterling Shepard could have a big year. Do I think it's a lock? No, I don't. Do I think Sterling Shepard in his range of outcomes could be a very solid wide receiver three or on certain weeks a wide receiver two? 100%. I think you like him, so you're starting to convince me here. But I, I think that this is a reasonable story that is definitely possible. And by the transitive property, I then am liking Eli Manning a little bit more at his value. Stick with the Giants. New Jersey Advanced Media's Matt Lombardo wrote, writes, Jonathan Stewart, quote, looked more like a plotting veteran running back trying to hang on during offseason practices and someone who contributed this season. Sounds like a harsh review, but it's not particularly surprising based on what Stewart looked like last season. Despite getting an absurd... $3.45 million guaranteed in March. Lombardo does not even expect him to beat out Wayne Gallman for the backup job behind Saquon Barkley. Now, I only bring this up because both you and I are not big on Barkley. Uh, so with it, Stewart maybe not being the guy behind him and it being Wayne Gallman, does that affect your opinion on Barkley at all? Does it maybe make you rethink it a little bit? Maybe he really will be the only game in town? Or could Wayne Gallman be a factor at the goal line? We talk about these reports that come from beat writers and you have to make your own decision whether you believe it or not. I don't believe this one. I don't believe it. I, I'm sure he doesn't look great. Okay. But they're not cutting him. You're not giving him 3.5 million guaranteed in March, you know, with a GM who knows him, who paid him big in Carolina. He's going to round himself into shape and he's going to play. Wayne Goldman's fine, but they're not cutting Jonathan Stewart. I do not believe that. I could he start the year? Sure. Do I think eventually he'll be an issue with Saquon Barkley? Absolutely. And I, I think the familiarity with Dave Gettleman, I don't think he's being cut whatsoever. I don't think it's even a concern. All right, last one on news and notes. 
on the Adam Schefter podcast. Free agent DeMarco Murray said he has spoken with four or five teams. We know he turned down a tryout with the Saints in June because he's waiting for the, quote, right opportunity. He's now still waiting with less than a month to go before training camps. And there really hasn't been any rumblings other than Murray's interest, you know, that he claims there's interest in, in him. Does he have to wait for injuries to strike? Do you think there's a situation out there for him? I know we just mentioned Buffalo doesn't make sense for him. Uh, what other situation could there be for DeMarco Murray? I know a couple of weeks ago you were, uh, you know, saying sign in Indianapolis with the Colts. You still feel that way? Uh, what do you think, DeMarco Murray? Can he get back into the league this year? And if so, where do you think it might be? If you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. If you've talked to four or five teams, none of them are interested. Nobody wants a plodding 30-year-old running back that isn't fast anymore who's going to want a lot of money. New Orleans probably wanted to give him a minimum contract, and he got mad. He's got he's got an ego. He thinks he's better than he is. He's a plotter. He's just a grinder up the middle. Like Eric Blunt is 100 times better than him in that role. No interest. Could he get signed? Absolutely. Do I think it's worth picking him up? Never. I will never pick up DeMarco Murray this year just because I, I never thought he was a dynamic, you go that way, I go that way guy. I just thought the offensive line for Tennessee, and certainly when he was Dallas, the offensive line was great. But I don't necessarily think he's going to land on those teams. So no, I don't think so. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he's going to find it. If he does sign somewhere, I don't think it's going to be any type of ideal situation at all. Quarter two coming in. I hear the whistle. Let's get right to it. Quarter two, updated top ten PPR wide receiver rankings. We you know we touched a little bit on your top five running backs last week, and how they have changed a little bit here. And it's been a couple of weeks since we did uh, some some rankings on the wide receivers. So, how about Mike? You want to give us your uh, current top ten? And this is PPR uh, wide receivers. Yeah, here's my top ten. Uh, very quickly, Antonio Brown's great, but. Antonio Brown isn't going to lead the league in receiving for 10 years in a row. It's just not going to happen. Joe Montana didn't lead in passing. Tom Brady didn't lead in passing. Walter Payton didn't lead in rushing. Like, there's going to be a regression at some point. I think it's this year. New offensive coordinator. I know he's in the system. That What you're seeing in the NFL, of course, Scott, is the three wide receiver sets are now keeping the deviation between the first and the third a little smaller. So you're seeing a lot more passes to the wide receiver threes, and it's a little hard to be a top wide receiver one. I'm going to stay consistent. I think Vance McDonald's going to be an issue. I think he's going to contribute like Heath Miller did. So that's why I dropped Antonio Brown to three, by the way. It's not a disaster, okay? But I just can't say – I'm not going to be one of these guys. We talked about running back. I'm just going to plug him in every year. And then when he doesn't do it, go, oh, well, you know, go figure. Who would have known that? That's our job. That's why you're listening to us, to hear stuff that's not traditional. So I put DeAndre Hopkins one. I put Antonio Brown three. I put Amari Cooper four. I, I do – I do not understand your issue with Amari Cooper. I don't. And when I'm done, please explain it to me. The only thing I can come up with is he burned you last year. But here's the thing. You won the title in that league. So get over it. He's been in the league for three years. He has had 130 targets as a rookie. And you yourself talked about how hard it is for a rookie to make an impact as a wide receiver. He had over 1,000 yards. He had 72 receptions and six touchdowns. As a rookie, that's crazy. Next year... 82 receptions, 1,149 yards, and five touchdowns. Those are as good first two years in the league as Antonio Brown had. What I'm saying is I just want him to be a wide receiver one, and I think that's going to happen. Last year, 96 targets, 48 receptions, seven touchdowns. Only 680 yards. Not a good year. Derek Carr was hurt the entire year, and he didn't play well, 100%. But 
He didn't play well, and he had the most touchdowns he ever had, and Michael Crabtree is gone. They have Jordy Nelson. Martavis Bryant's going to be suspended. Even if Martavis Bryant is not suspended, which he's going to be, he's not going to get 100 targets. It's not happening in this offense. You like Derek Carr, so I don't know how you don't like Amari Cooper. Something weird has to happen. We've been through this. I'm going to put him second. I put Keenan Allen fourth, especially with the Hunter Henry injury. I put OBJ fifth because there are a lot of weapons on the Giants, Evan Ingram, the whole thing. Okay. I'm buying into Stefan Diggs. I'm not a huge Diggs guy, but I'm looking around and Scott, I'm starting to lean and I'm curious to hear when I'm done, what, what you think about this. I kind of like my fantasy players to be on good teams. I, I don't know why, you know, yeah, like I don't want to bet. I don't want to bank on the Blake Bortles garbage time with every one of my picks. So Stefan Diggs, he's a dynamic guy. If he stays healthy, he hits this no problem. Of course, it's worried about the injury. Michael Thomas is seventh. He's not a, you know, your prototypical X receiver on the outside. He likes to work the inside routes. He's more Marcus Colston than he is, you know, an X receiver, but he's certainly going to be very solid. I dropped Julio. You never know with the nagging foot injury. I think Calvin Ridley could play a part in that role on that team as well. AJ Green, death taxes and AJ Green. And I put Doug Baldwin 10th just on volume alone. So I got DeAndre Hopkins one. Cooper's the big shocker. Brown, Keenan, OBJ Diggs. Michael Thomas, Julio, A.J. Green, Doug Baldwin. A little chalky, but I really couldn't find a Rashard Matthews or a Devontae Parker or a Josh Gordon, who I don't think will be in there. So I kind of went chalky, but I put a couple of the ones in there. Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of the similar names. Obviously, the one name that's not is Amari Cooper. Look, it's no personal vendetta against Amari Cooper. Yes, Crabtree's gone, but there are two wide receivers that are coming in that are going to take targets. Jared Cook is going to take targets. And there's really nothing about Amari Cooper that really jumps off the page. What is it? Is is 24.4 red zone target share that I don't like? Could it be the fact that he caught half of his targets? He had a 50% catch rate last year that I don't can like. You run a, can you run a 4-4-2? No, I, I can. That doesn't mean the, – the big deal. Just like you said, you know, Jared Lorenzo can throw an 80-yard pass. What's the difference? It's the same deal. Great. He, can run he, also, he also has been an incredible – he's contributed on the field since his freshman year. And by the way, he went to Alabama. Okay? He didn't go to Boston College. I can say that because I went to Boston College. Yeah, the guy's it, prolific. He's prolific on every place. But he – but he wasn't prolific when he played last year. Yes, he had a bad year. Yeah, he had a bad year. He had a bad, bad year. Yes. He had a bad year. The drops were up. I mean, he dropped one for every basically ten targets he had. That's that's. Well, where are you going to put him? Wide receiver twenty? I mean, I'm, 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 I'm not. I didn't say I was putting wide receiver twenty. I'm not putting wide receiver two. I mean, that's. Not, I'm not putting wide receiver two as evidence for the fact it's not in my top ten. What top about the 10. fact that? What about John Gruden's wide receiver once in his career? I read that off to you. What about all those guys? And some of those guys are terrible. Yes, I, I get it, but there's there's three other. I know you don't. You're not. Your Martavis Bryant's going to be suspended. I get it. Okay, Jordy Nelson's going to get receptions. I'm not expecting him to get 120 targets, but he's going to catch balls. Jared Cook's going to catch balls. They also have two running backs that I dislike, which could cause a problem when they have to line up and double team Amari uh, Cooper to to let Jordy Nelson be the guy to beat them or let Martavis Bryant run down the sidelines as long as he's not suspended. I just don't I'm just, I'm just curious. How many rece- How many targets do you think that Jordy Nelson will get? Seriously, I'm just curious. It, let's say – I'll give you an example. Last year, Carr completed 323 passes, okay, and the year before, 356. So let's say he's around 340, right? How many of those do you think are going to Jordy Nelson? How many catches? Not targets. How many catches? Completions. How many catches do you think Jordy Nelson will get? I'm curious. 75? That's, That's a lot for Jordy Nelson. Jesus. That's a lot. If he has 75 receptions, then it's going to be a problem. There's going to be a problem. Okay. 
You're consistent. I tried to blow you up that you're not consistent. You're consistent. If Jordy Nelson gets 75 receptions, that's going to be a problem. Yes. I mean, are you okay. are you expecting 110 receptions from Mark Cooper? I I think his low. I mean, end he's is 90. top. He's topped out at 83. I, mean, I think his low. I think his low end is 90, and I think Jordy Nelson in 14 games last year. I know it was with Aaron Rod. I didn't have Aaron Rodgers. I understand that has 53 receptions. He's a stationary guy. Jordy Nelson got a majority of his touchdowns and his receptions when Aaron Rodgers is scrambling outside the pocket and they're simpatico, and he was the number one option. He is not the number one option there. There's no way, and he's also 33 years old. He also Jordy had- Nelson. Jordy yeah. Nelson getting 75 receptions at 33 years old would be Jerry Rice-esque. 33? That's a hot tie. He's also going to line up against the top corner in that AFC West on the Broncos, the Chargers, and Chiefs, all with significant cornerbacks, situation, cornerbacks that will cover you. And that's six times. That's six out of 16 games. He's going to get top cornerback just in his own division alone. You know, I mean, just – I. I I get the I get the fact that you you like him and you're high on him but to put him in number two again. The idea here is to be bold, put something out there, and and you nail something that would benefit our listeners. And I get it. You put Cooper in number two. I'm all for it. I just don't see it. Top twenty, sure. Top fifteen, probably. It's not my top ten, as evidenced by the fact that my top ten goes this way. Antonio Brown is one. DeAndre Hopkins is two. Honestly, you can flip these with a coin either way. It can go either way. You have Hopkins one, and I. Don't hate you for it. I have Michael Thomas three. To me, he's really the only game in town down there. I know there's some other options, but I do like Michael Thomas. I was high on him last year. Wasn't as consistent as I hoped he would be. I think he takes another step forward. I'm with you. I'm with you on Keenan Allen. I have him in the same spot. Yeah, same spot. Same, same spot, spot as number four. And then the rest of them here, I have Julio Jones at five. The injuries do concern me a little bit, but the talent is there. We've talked about that at nauseum. A.J. Green is as consistent as it being number six. I'm with you on Stefan Diggs. You have him six. I have him seven. I dropped Beckham to eight only because, again, not everybody can be a superstar in that offense. So someone's going to take a little step back. If he's eight, eight is fine. Yeah, eight, eight is fine. compared fine. To, yeah. to five is whatever the same. So it's here's fine. my my yeah. my name that you don't have is T.Y. Hilton at nine. And healthy Andrew Luck indoors with T.Y. Hilton, who produced very well at Jacoby Brissett. If Luck is healthy and good to go, I like Hilton to really take the next step and become a, a big-time wide receiver. So he's the guy I'll have cracked the top 10. And then we both agree with Doug Baldwin at number 10. So the names are similar. You have Cooper at 2 as the difference for me, and I have Hilton at 9 as the guy you don't have. The names are all the same. The order's a little different. But, I mean, again, a little bit chalky. But, you know, I have T.Y. Hilton at 9, which for me was a step up. I think with luck there, he can really produce and have a nice 2018 season. It's a good list. I, I, it was either Hilton or Baldwin. I went back and forth on it. It was Hilton or Baldwin. I was shocked. I, I, partner, I don't understand how you can have Ben as the number six quarterback, Le'Veon Bell as the running back one, Antonio Brown as the wide receiver one, and sit here and say you're objective. I, I, just, I don't understand that. I, I don't understand how you can logically make this argument. I mean, like, you do this every year. Every year, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown have won. Every and, where are, and where are they every year? But, but they, they're well, not. He's, when is he, he's finished one once in his career. Le'Veon Bell has finished it once, once in his career. Once. Every other location, two, three, and four. So, well, I mean, no, you know, he's, he's been up and down. He gets injured. He comes back. I mean, and Ben being six is absurd. I don't think he's absurd. finished any worse than five. If you look ben at Ben being it. six is absurd. It's just, well, it's just absurd. It's absurd. It's like every year it's like this, though. Maybe, when, maybe, when is maybe, Ben Roethlisberger going to have a bad year? When? Everything will change next time we update the quarterback ranks. Let's see how that goes. Every year. Oh, my God. Every year. Right. The guy could be 50 that, years old in a wheelchair. You're going to say, well, Ben's going to be seven. Okay. I hope that's the whistle drowning you out right now as we go to the third <laughs> quarter. 
You know, I can't wait till Cleveland beats them in week one. I yeah, can't absolutely. wait. Absolutely. You'll, you'll be just – we may have to take that week off. I might have to take the week off. Tyrod. Tyrod. We go to quarter three. You know we like to play games, questions, Jeopardy, whatever you want to call it. This week we're going to play fantasy football. Who am I? Mike, Very I have exciting. five questions for you or five statements with a question. I'm going to give you some information. I'm going to ask you to tell me who am I. I can, and I've not looked these up. I have not looked these up, folks. If you think not. I'm lying, then you really think I have less of a life than I do. Go ahead. You have not. And after you after you tell me who it is or I tell you who it is, I'm going to give you their current ADP at their position. And just tell me what you think and where it is. Is it right? Is it wrong? You know, talk to me about it. So, number one, fantasy football, who am I? Let's do it. I have had four straight seasons of 90-plus catches during which I have amassed 4,224 yards and 19 touchdowns. Who am I? Four seasons and 90 catches. There's only a couple guys that jump out. You said only 4,000, so that's like 1,000 a season, right? 19 touchdowns. The 90 catches four years in a row, as soon as you say it, the first name that came to mind, you are Golden Tate. Mike Randall, I am. Ah, all right. 90 plus catches four years. That was the key there. Yeah, very good. Fantasy Fantasy Pro's wide receiver ranking right now. He is the wide receiver 17 in PPR leagues. Dr- Your thoughts on where he is right now? It's highway robbery. I think he's a great selection. He's a great PPR pick, half point, whatever it is. That's highway robbery. That I'll say this, man. That's his floor. There's no chance he's finishing less than that. No chance. So he can only go up. And I, you know me, I love safety. I'm all about Golden Tate. That's a tremendous ADP. Right around that area, you got 15 is Diggs, 16 Demarius Thomas, 17 Tate, and 18 is your boy, Amari Cooper. Uh, that's a great boy. That's a great group right there. Holy cow. Solid value right there. Fantasy football, who I am, MI number two. Over the past three seasons, my touchdowns to interception ratio is nearly three to one. And my completion percentage over that time is 70.1. However, my quarterback ADP continues to drop. Who am I? (sighs) Low interception. Uh, Completion percentage being high means it's a safe passer. The ADP continuing to drop confuses me because I'm not sure about this one. Don't take it as like a monster drop. Okay. All right, then I'm going with it. You are Alex Smith. That's who you are. My friend, I am not Alex Smith. Oh! I am, I am however, Drew Brees. No kidding. Really? Uh, it's me, Drew Brees. In PPR leagues right now, he is the quarterback seven. We're used to Drew Brees being a top two, top three guy. He is now being drafted behind Cam Newton, behind Deshaun Watson, and behind Carson Wentz, right ahead of Kirk Cousins. Your thought on where Drew Brees is right now is a QB7. I put it on Twitter about a week and a half ago. Give me all the Drew Brees that you want. You know, that ADP dropping is, is big because I don't think Alex Smith's ADP is dropping. That was a very good question. Love Drew Brees. He's in the dome. He's home. He's got weapons. He's got a great offensive line. Why wouldn't you like him? Why would you Why would you take him behind Cam Newton? It just makes no sense to me. Cam Newton, inaccurate, getting older. I'll take, the, I'll take 70% accuracy in a dome with Sean Payton and a great offensive line any day of the week. All right, my friend, you're one for one. You want to have a success right here. You want at least three out of five. That's what you want. 60% you'll feel good. Here we go. We got who am I number three. It may surprise you, but I am currently sixth on the active leaders for rushing touchdowns. with 54 in my career. 
I average more than seven and a half rushing touchdowns per season. Who am I? <sighs> Sixth on active leaders. And you must read this question thoroughly. Really? Sixth for rushing touchdowns? I want my initial reaction is Frank Gore. The problem is Frank Gore is not averaging seven and a half rushing touchdowns every year. That's not true. That's the problem. But like you said, it may surprise you. So probably would surprise people with Frank Gore. Sixth on active leaders, seven and a half per season. I'm going to change it. I don't want to go computer typing. I'm not no typing. I I was going to say Frank Gore, but then you said seven and a half rushing touchdowns. You are Devonta Freeman. I am not Devontae Freeman. Were you Gore? No. That's why the key here was it may surprise you. I am actually Cam Newton. Ah, very tricky. Look at you. This is that's a tricky. Who's getting that question? You even tell me he's a quarterback for God's sake. That's why I I tried to give you it may surprise you. He right now is a quarterback four. He averages more than seven and a half rushing touchdowns per season. Wow. Well, he's been in the league since 2011. And he's got 54 rushing yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. just average it out. That's what you get. And very good. Very why. good. Unfair question. No, you didn't tell me quarterback. Unfair I, question. I did the best I can, but the, it may surprise you. Without you don't want me to get him right. You're sticking it to me. Yeah. Nah, well, listen, Cam Newton it is. And that's probably why he's going as a quarterback four, because you're getting almost eight touchdowns just on the ground alone. Question number four. I finished third amongst all running backs in 2017 with a 1.39 fantasy points per touch, only .20 behind first place Alvin Kamara. However, my current PPR ADP has me behind unproven rookies such as Saquon Barkley, Darius Geis, Rashad Penny, Royce Freeman, Ronald Jones II, and Sony Michelle. Who? Am I? Fantasy points per touch means you have to be a receiver. That's the only way this is Kamara. Uh, I want to say Duke Johnson, but third is high for Duke Johnson. Uh, who else could you be? Fantasy points per touch. But his ADP is behind Barkley, Geis, Penny, Freeman, Jones, and Michelle. So you're behind all the rookies. Uh, I'm going to go with Duke Johnson. I am Duke Johnson. Oh, boy. Hey, I pulled that one out. Let's go. I got one left to get three. You're two for two. You got a shot to get number three. Current current ADP is the RB29. Is Duke yeah, a Johnson lot of receptions right for Duke. Yeah, a lot of receptions. Yeah, that's that, it. That's because that, he had so many receptions. Very good. That, that's a ton of value there. He's going, like I said, behind the rookies and right around where Marshawn Lynch, Tevin Coleman, guys like that. So a lot of value for Duke Johnson. Where he stands. Question number five. Can Make you it get a break, three out of man. five? Despite a career high in receptions in 2017 with a backup quarterback, I am projected to catch 20, last, 20 less passes this year, and I am currently ranked outside the tight end top ten. Who am I? Backup quarterback, backup quarterback. I mean, the guy that came to mind was Jack Doyle, who I think led tight ends and receptions or was second. He was somewhere around there. My cousin always makes fun of me for liking Jack Doyle. We laugh about that. Um, uh, backup, who else played with a backup quarterback? I mean, I, everybody else was there. I, I, 
and 20 light. He's, is Jack Doyle outside the top 10? If he is, that's idiotic. But I'll take a shot. Jack Doyle. I am Jack Doyle. That a boy three out of five. That's what I'm talking about. Jack Doyle is currently the tight end 11, and he's behind Jordan Reed, who makes no sense because Jordan Reed just that's gets crazy. The field. That's crazy. He's behind sorry. Trey Burton, who you know I like. I know you're not oh as high God. on. Come on. He's behind Trey Kyle Burton. Rudolph and Delaney Walker, who Delaney Walker at some to- some point is going to take a step back. Partner, Doyle, if Delaney Doyle, if, De- if Delaney Walker plays 16 games, he's a top five tight end. You can take to the bank. What a, but he may not play six games. But you love John o. Smith too, right? So I mean, where? No, no, no. John o. Smith, if, if Delaney Walker breaks his leg, if Delaney Walker plays 16 games, I will bet you whatever you want. I'll give you dinner for a week that he's a top five tight end. I don't oh, care. But he's got to right. play 16. Fine. So here, let me give you one right now. Uh, let's let's assume Andrew Luck is healthy. Yep. Jack Doyle or Evan Ingram? Oh, Doyle. Not even close. It's not Ingram's, even the same num- Ingram's number six. I don't care. I'm just, I'm just saying. I got Rex Burkhead as my fifth best running back. You think Ingram I care? Six. And even Jimmy Graham is number five. And that's this is touchdown dependent, Jimmy Graham. I don't think you get anything outside of maybe 55, 60 catches from Graham, and you got to hope he scores 10 touchdowns. The let's guy had 80 catches. Easy. Let's take it easy on Jimmy Graham, okay? Let's take it easy on Jimmy Graham. <laughs> 80, 80 <laughs> catches last year with Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Give me a healthy Andrew Luck. I mean, I don't understand how we can even project them to go backwards. It just doesn't make sense. So, my friend, good job. You had three out of five, right, on the first installment. The of- Cam Newton question is ridiculous. <laughs> it may surprise you, my friend. I had to try to throw something at you, and that's what I did. So, the first installment of Fantasy, who, I, who am I? Three for five, not bad. We'll bring that back at some point later this year. As the whistle comes in, we go to quarter four, and I'll kind of give you the floor here a little bit. Talk to, your, uh, talk to us about your up-to-the-minute uh, Scott Fishbowl 8 draft results, where you're at, what the team looks like, and so forth. If you go to fantasyinsiders.com, it's a free site. It's tremendous. You can go to the Scott Fishbowl uh, tab, click on it. It's the upper left. You can find anybody's team who's in this thing. There's 900 people in this thing. Anybody who's in it, and you can look at their team. Here's what I'm learning, Scott. Number one, everybody should have waited on wide receiver. Everybody should have. I, I see. I see experts who are tremendous experts who went all wide receivers early. I don't understand. It makes no sense to me because there's so much wide receiver value. Michael Crabtree, Crabtree just went in late round nine. Michael Crabtree could easily be a top ten receiver in Baltimore this year. I just talked to the Ravens beat guy for the Rotoviz thirty two series today. It's going to post on Monday. Absolutely, he's the only game in town there. So there's so much wide receiver value late. Um, Devin Funchess, uh, DJ Moore, they're all available. Chris Hogan is still available. Like you should have taken your running backs early. That is 100% the situation. So looking at my team, I got took Zeke first. I like it. You know that. I took Joe Mixon second and Joe Mixon is a lightning rod. People either hate him or love him. I think he is one of the few running backs who is a three down back. Now I know John, Giovanni, Giovanni Bernard works in there. Jay Morrison. From Cox Media Group was talking to me about on Rotoviz. He sees a two for one, two for Mix and one for Giovanni. But what they, what he said is Marvin Lewis doesn't like rookies. Joe Mix is no longer a rookie. And they feel that Joe Mixon has very underrated receiving skills. And I agree. He had some big plays last year. So I don't think you can tell me many running backs in this league, 10 or less, that can be, contribute on three downs. I know Bernard's there. It doesn't bother me at all. I think Joe Mixon's a solid pick. I bought into the hype with Stefan Diggs. The reason I did is because my argument was Diggs won't make it back to me. Cooper will. 
That was what I thought. So I took Mixon and Diggs back-to-back with a 212 and 301, and I said, I bet you Amari Cooper makes it back. And sure enough, last pick in the fourth round, he did. Get out of here with that. You just gave me a top-five wide receiver. I think he's going to be number two at the end of round four. Insane. Round five, we went back and forth on, on text a lot. I went with Derrick Henry. My argument was you win fantasy football with touchdowns. It's a touchdown league. Six points per touchdown. Six points per touchdown. Ezekiel Elliott's going to get at least 10. Joe Mixon's going to get at least 10. Derrick Henry's going to get at least 10. And my next pick right after him, Rex Burkhead, is going to get at least 10. So that's how I started. Three running backs, two receivers. I then needed somebody um, in round seven. I would have picked Jimmy Garoppolo. I would have, but he was taking the pick before me. So I looked around partner. I saw a lot of running back value. I saw a lot of wide receiver value. And I said I'm waiting on on quarterback. So I decided to finally take the plunge because it's a tight end premium, extra .5 per reception for Jimmy Graham. I went for the touchdowns there. I thought about Kyle Rudolph, but I didn't want to double up my Vikings. So I took Jimmy Graham. And then came the decision. And I will tell you what I was going to do because it doesn't matter anymore. So I will put this out there even though we're still drafting. I don't care. What I would suggest people to do if you're going to wait on quarterback, draft Tyrod Taylor and draft Jameis Winston. That's my suggestion. I don't think Taylor is benched within the first three games and Jameis Winston comes back in week five and he has a bye after that. So I don't think people are going to pick him. What I wanted to do, Scott, is pass on quarterback again in round eight and nine and draft Taylor and Winston in round 10 and 11. But five of the prior seven picks and four in a row were quarterbacks. People are drafting three quarterbacks. It's a super flex league, but it's minus four for interceptions. So I think you have to be careful with your quarterbacks. I don't think you're going to have two quarterbacks worth starting every week often. Remember, it's a weekly league. It's about winning your weeks. If you have a quarterback on the road or in the snow or something like that, even if it's a Tom Brady, even if it's one of these top quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers early in the season isn't great. I think people assume, man, that these quarterbacks get three touchdowns and 300 yards every week. That's not what happens. I'll take Tyrod Taylor with the rushing ability. I like that a lot. If he keeps the job, if you told me Tyrod's not all 16 games, I just would have drafted Tyrod and been happy with it. But I'm worried about that. Eli Manning is Mr. Durable. I wanted to back it up because Eli Manning would not have lasted. He would not have lasted to round 10, and I would have been left with Ryan Tannehill and Tyra Taylor, and I don't like that very much. But what I wanted to do, full disclosure, Tyrod and Jameis Winston. I thought that would have been a good value, and I could have picked a crab tree in this spot. I could have picked some of those other guys. But that's where I'm at. I got four running backs. I got two wide receivers. I do have a tight end, and I got two quarterbacks. Talk to me, Goose. What do I got? No, I mean, listen – you know, when when the quarterback run happens there, you're, I, I assume Winston was one of those quarterbacks that went. Uh, it's just my assumption by the fact that you No, he did him. not. He did so not. You, so you opted to stay away from Winston and just go Eli and Tyrod instead. Because I think Winston's going to be there around 10, 11, 12, or 13. I really do. I really I went safety because I want to have a quarterback every single week. And so if I took Tyrod and Winston this early in round 8 and 9 and had nobody left over, I'm a little thin. I'm pretty sure that whether it's – Flacco or Tannehill or Jameis Winston. Somebody will be left there eventually later in the draft, and I'll snag them. That was my instinct. Or you want to be crazy, partner? I'll take Baker Mayfield. Or you could team 
team quarterback draft later on to take Flagwell and Lamar Jackson and see how that works right, out. Exactly. Well, that's my point. That's my point. Right. That's exactly my point. But if you, if if you if I, if Eli would have been there in round ten, I made a mistake. But I, how many quarterbacks can I let go? Because partner, I told you this. If eleven teams, the other eleven all pick three quarterbacks, that's thirty three quarterbacks. Who am I starting? Yeah, so Josh you McCown? said there was 24 quarterbacks went before you picked, correct? And so. now there's 24 more picks until I pick again. Yeah. Now, That's listen, my point. I mean, <laughs> you, your, hand, your hand got forced. Um, you know, it's you, you kind of you, you had a you had a for sure pick one, and yeah, I guess doubling up there and just kind of securing yourself. You know, you're gonna have you know Eli Manning, quote Mr. Durable, will be at, be out there every week. And I'm in agreement with you. I think Tyrod Taylor is going to be the quarterback for most of the year, especially if the Browns are improved and they win a few games, which I think we all think they will. So well, I mean, Winston just went. Ah, son of a gun. He just so, went. Well, yeah. Can't say they were yeah. listening to us. Yeah, we listen, haven't, no, he we just haven't posted ahead. yet. But So yeah. there goes Winston. Uh, with Here's the round. partner. Here you go. Here's the, the, the round eight picks before me. You ready? Here go the picks. Dak Prescott won at the end of round seven. Kyle Rudolph, Tevin Coleman, Duke Johnson. Here we go. Andy Dalton, Trey Burton, Mitch Trubisky, Marshawn Lynch, Derek Carr, Blake Bortles, Case Keenum, Cooper Cup. I mean, I had I had to pull the trigger there. I, I ah, Case Keenum. Wow. That's a good good value there, late Tevin Coleman, Duke Johnson. Yes, yes. Value and look value. who just went in this week. I took Eli. Here's who came: Will Fuller, David Njoku, Crabtree, Carryon Johnson, Emmanuel Sanders, who I love, Jamison Crowder, and Jameis Winston. Not David Njoku. I'm surprised you didn't pull the trigger on him for Jim. I guess Jimmy Graham the touchdown. Yeah, well, you know what the thing is in Dynasty, I love Njoku, and you're starting a Dynasty League with some of our listeners here, so it's exciting. I don't know if Njoku this year, I mean, I think he's going to have some big games. I really do. But remember, there's Landry. Remember, there's Gordon. Remember, there's Duke Johnson. Remember, there's Chubb. Remember, there's Ha. I mean, there's a lot of guys there, you know? So do I think Njoku's having 80 receptions? No. Do I want him for Dynasty? 100%. No, I I get it. And I know last episode we talked about, as you're preparing for this, what you would have done if both. Kelsey and Ertz were there on the comeback at the. I would have taken Ertz. Yeah, and yep. I guess Ertz went a couple picks beforehand. You said they went pretty early. They both did. Oh, a couple picks. Gronkowski went pick nine, which I think is a total mistake. Kelsey went pick three of the second round, wow. and then Ertz went pick seven of the second round. Very, very. So they, early. they, they did go early. So yeah, listen, I like the team. Um, I'm a Derrick Henry guy. I'm with you. I mean, you, you stuck to your guns and took Zeke. You can't go wrong taking Zeke number one overall. You said you would, so you did. So good on you there. I was big on Mixon last year. I'm willing to give him another shot this year. Uh, so, you know, hopefully the, uh, like we said with Trubisky, the training wheels are off for Mixon and he has a chance to, you know, do some damage in this offense. I'm Here, question. You. Question. Ready? Here, question. Yeah. Here are the running, other running backs I could have taken. Tell me who you would have taken, honestly. I think I know the answer. At this spot? Yeah, at the Mixon spot. At the cool. Mixon spot. Devontae Freeman, Jarek McKinnon, Lamar Miller, Jordan Howard, Alex Collins, Darius Geis. At that spot, I probably would have taken Jordan Howard. Okay. And then what about Fre- what about Freeman? Yeah, I mean, listen, yeah, Freeman. I like Freeman. You like Freeman a little better than I do, and I, I Freeman only concerns me because a healthy Tevin Coleman really cuts in to his time. I think you know, out of all these handcuff backs and or you know, dual backs, Tevin Coleman is by far the biggest threat to anybody. So mm-hmm. you know, for me, I probably would have went Howard, possibly McKinnon. Yeah, there's a couple you could have went, but you know, Mixon. Like you said, probably has the most potential, maybe outside of Howard, to really be, you know, a, as close to a three-down back as you can get and be secure getting most of the goal line touches. I mean, we know Tariq Cohen will get out there on third down for the Bears, but you'd not handed them off to Tariq Cohen inside the two, and they better not give it to Benny Cunningham if he's even still on the roster again like they did last year. So it should be Jordan Howard's job. So 
I like that. And, like- and, and around and around six, here's what happened. Jimmy G, again, right in front of me. Ben Roethlisberger, Jarvis Landry, Delaney Walker, Matt Ryan, Jimmy G. If Jimmy G falls, I'll take Jimmy G and Burkhead. You know I love Burkhead. I was not letting him fall to round nine. It wasn't going to happen. So I wouldn't have Jimmy Graham. So that's why I said to you earlier, be easy on Jimmy Graham because Jimmy Graham was the pick because Jimmy Garoppolo was gone. So if Gr- Jimmy Graham performs and gives me like eight to 12 touchdowns, then it was it was fine. Then it was totally fine, but that's what would have happened. Yeah, and this is a this is this is what we talked about too with draft positioning last episode too. You know, it's great to get that first pick. You, you get whatever guy you want. You don't as long as you don't miss, and you shouldn't miss on an Elliott. But then you're sitting there and you wait for 20 picks, 23, 24 picks again, and then you got to do that every time. Yeah, the double up is nice, but then after that, it's a long time before you draft again, and a lot of those guys go. So that that's you know that's why draft positioning for me. I like to be in that middle. You know, keep it consistent. It's going to be every 12, I'm going to get one, and you know. This it, is my yeah. This know. is my point. The guy that took Winston. Why would you do this? He has Pat Mahomes and Rivers. Why would he take Jameis Winston? Well, I he's mean, got he's, his his backs are Tariq Cohen, Alex Collins, and Kareem Hunt. Eh. He's got Tariq Hill and Michael Thomas. He could use another receiver, and he's got Trey Burton. I just I don't understand why he would take Jameis Winston. In fact, if I look really quick right now at all the rosters, I'll tell you how many quarterbacks. This guy's got two, he's got two, he's got two, he's got three. This guy's got uh, Eric McClung, good friend of mine from Player Profile. He's got Marcus Mariota, Alex Smith, and Mitchell Trubisky. This guy's got two, this guy has two, this guy has two, this guy has three, this guy has one. Some guy only has Andy Dalton. He has Andy Dalton, Ronald Jones, Odell Beckham, Josh Gordon, Adam Thielen, Demarius, Gronk, and Jordan Reed. So he's definitely taking another quarterback. He only no has doubt one running back, that guy. He only has one running back. I don't, I don't like that team. But he, he's definitely – and then here's another guy with three, another guy with three, right? So this guy's definitely taking one more quarterback. A guy who had two quarterbacks is definitely taking one, one, two. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody else took a third. Now my first quarterback is quarterback 27? <laughs> That's no, I get it. I mean, the guy, the guy that drafted uh, Trubisky and Alex Smith, I think he's hoping in his heart of hearts that he can roll Trubisky out there every week. He takes Smith as a conservative approach, and if Trubisky yes. produces and Mariota, guy, and Mariota, he, Mariota who will be his yeah. one, and the other guy who took Winston, uh, well, his two other quarterbacks have to. It was Winston. Yeah, he has uh, Winston, Pat Mahomes, and Rivers. Yeah, I think Winston is insurance for Mahomes. So if Mahomes doesn't produce, Winston's yeah, back by five. Yeah, that's a good point. That's yeah, insurance for Pat Mahomes. So that, that's probably. But that's my point. There. I, I was surprised Blake Bortles went. That's the one that really triggered me. Yeah, has Br- I, I, guys, think I, I think in a text message I said you could have just for, for Manning and Tyra, I could have just waited till Bortles a couple rounds later, and you told me he was it, gone. That's if surprising. it's Bortles, I would have. Yes, if it's Bortles, I would have. I would have stayed. He has Bo- He has Brady and Stafford. Why would you take Blake Bortles? He has Brady and Stafford. He has yeah, two great Sam quarterbacks. Bradford, uh, no, I'm Stafford. I'm sorry. No, no has, Sam Bradford. No, he Sam, hasn't. But yeah. I, you know what? I didn't want my quarterback Scott to be Flacco and Bradford. <laughs> That's uh, kind of where yeah. I was. At. <laughs> hey, maybe your third quarter quarterback could be Josh Allen. You never know. Maybe that'll be the guy that starts slinging it around. Could be. But listen, Could overall be. the team is solid. I mean, you got guys that I like that we've talked about in nauseam. Derrick Henry is you know steps up there. Stephon Diggs as well. The quarterbacks, you just got to hope you get the best Eli Manning you can get, and you can get a Tyrod Taylor that gets. To play most of the season. Obviously, if things go awry and he doesn't, then you're in a tough spot. But skill position-wise, I think you're covered. I mean, you'd probably like to have a little bit of a better tight end, but I know the run on tight ends went pretty quick, too. Uh, so, you know, it, it's not a bad team. Last thing, and then we'll cut out of here. Here are, the, here are the quarterbacks who are left. So, I mean, would you be comfortable with it wrapping around? And these are your quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Tannehill, Allen... <laughs> 
Flacco, Bradford, McCown, uh, Fitzpatrick. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how soon I'd take him, and I, you're not sure how, fa- how fast he'll go, but I would I would actually consider it a Darno because uh, I okay. think he's going to wind up being the guy there a couple weeks in if he doesn't start from the get-go. So at least you know, you're going to get a guy that's going to play. Running uh, backs left. Running backs left. LaShawn McCoy, Chubb, Marlon Mack, Hyde. Chris Thompson, Isaiah Crowell still around. Wow. CJ Anderson, Ty Montgomery, Bernard. Uh, wide receivers still left. There's so much value. Going to go nuts when CJ Anderson. CJ Anderson. Yeah. CJ too. Devin Funson, DJ Moore, Devontae Parker, Robert Woods, Ridley, Hogan, Edelman, Randall Cobb. Have you ever heard of him? Sterling Shepard. Uh, this is my point. This is why Pierre Garcon is still there. Your boy Jordy Nelson. Oh, Marquis Goodwin. Yes, he's still there. That's, that's, that's why That's why I said, let me get rid of the quarterbacks now, so maybe I'll just wait at the end. Tight ends, O.J. Howard's still there, George Kittle, Austin Safari Jenkins. Kittle is still there. Wow. Kittle is there. Vance McDonald's still there. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So there you go, my friend. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Tyrod and Tyrod, we trust. Yeah, so now this team's good. I wish you luck the rest of the way with that draft. Like I said, we uh, got a little dynasty startup that we are – just about full at. Now we'll probably talk about that draft as we go. A couple of the listeners are joining us. Well, a few guys that we know locally. We'll get that going. We'll keep you updated on that. You, my friend, are taking a much deserved week off. Yeah, last week I did. I did a four days when we were down there enjoying uh, enjoying the Jersey Shore. I'm going down for one more week and have a lot of family down there. Hopefully, we'll connect the following Saturday as well. Looking forward to it. Kids are excited. Hopefully, my back stays in shape and uh, and we'll go from there. And then I'm back for the rest of the summer, so you can hear my aggressive. Out on a limb picks for the rest of the summer, partner. Yeah, absolutely. As long as our uh, great editing team can get me up, you'll hear me for about a week solo for <laughs> one or two episodes. Then I will be away for my final week. You'll probably hear Mr. Randall a couple times solo. And then after that, as we go towards the end of July into the beginning of August, it is full-on uh, redraft season. Drafts will be flying. Questions will be popping on Twitter. We'll get a lot of stuff going for you. We'll be uh, knee-deep in training camp. It'd be exciting times. Uh, it's unbelievable that we're, what, about six weeks away, six and a half weeks away. Um, it's unbelievable how fast it goes. It feels like when it, the Super Bowl ends that you got to wait forever. But once you get to the draft and then they start doing OTAs, it's like in a blink we're back. And uh, looking forward to a, a good summer and an exciting uh, fantasy football season coming up. Hey, partner, start listening to RB32. Just don't wait for the Steelers, huh? Little Bungles, little Ravens. Listen to it, my friend, will you? Yeah, I listen all the time. Just <laughs> – <laughs> All the time, my friends. Woo! All right, we'll see you.